Gonna have a real good time together We're gonna have a real good time together We're gonna laugh each child together Have a real good time together Welcome back to Jokerman Podcast. One more time, a podcast about John Kale. <laughs> I'm Evan. One more time. I'm Ian. Uh, and we flipped a coin last time to decide who we were going to talk about, John or Lou, uh, pertaining to the album cover rankings. Spectacular. Everyone's uh, favorite conversations on Jokerman Podcast. It's some of mine, because they're easy. They're stupid, yeah, exactly, and fun, and yeah. and they're and they're also smart and insightful. Uh, there's they're full of surprises, and uh, anyway, we did Lou last time, so now we're doing John. Cameron. Now we're doing John. That's right. I picked a good uh, recording session to to formally end my dry January. Which what did you do to end it? I'm drinking alcohol. <laughs> well, well, oh, yum! What kind? Uh, Campari and soda. That's my go-to. Uh, easy drinking episode recording drink i've been drinking so much less during my damp january or you know uh slightly more just my it is it's been dry for me you haven't had anything to drink no i have but like not that much (laughs) it's just like way way less and my my urge to drink has been way less um that said i have done a lot more ketamine okay but you know know. (laughs) If you gotta, whatever you gotta, works. My liver is thanking me. I'm sure you gotta. Everything in moderation. Drinking in moderation. Ketamine in moderation. Not drinking in moderation. It's all. Yeah. It's just, as long as you just do some of it, it's you're gonna be fine. That's right. And you know, you just gotta take it where it comes. It's like you know, being a vegetarian, where sometimes you're you know invited into the home of a a a, a stranger who has a very beautiful traditional cuisine that they are uh, excited to show you an, uh, an aspect of. And what are you going to do? You're going to not eat the tagine or whatever. Very, very Come disrespectful. On. Don't. And so if you, if you go into the thirsty crow and you look down and immediately the first thing you see is a full bag of cocaine, you should, t- you know, just, you take it home and you make sure that it's safe. And then, you know, you know, you know what they say about the, about the thirsty crow. No, I've never listened to a song about it. Yeah. Why the long face, blondie? I'm already taken. Sorry. I'll drop that in somewhere. Uh, John Cale album covers. What do we think about John Cale album covers? Well, uh, it makes me think about John Cale as an artistic being which is to say uh 
Wow, a whole lot to think about, I guess. There's a lot going on, yeah. Uh, I think, like we talked about on the Lou one last time, you know, a Lou Reed album cover is a Lou Reed album cover. It's going to have a picture of Lou Reed on it, for the most part. But a John Cale album cover... Now, that's a horse of a different color. It sure is. Maybe it'll have a picture of John Cale on it, but also, maybe it won't. Maybe it'll have a picture of a a painting of a robot... um, and some weird like text above it, or maybe it'll be like a photo collage, Diet David Lynch type shit. Maybe it will be a picture a, of John Gale. Or a dollhouse. A just dollhouse. a just a dollhouse. Oh you know? yeah. Well, but John Cale's in that one. I like yeah, that one. Yeah, but you know, barely. Yeah, well, but <laughs> Lou Reed's barely on Legendary Hearts. There's a lot more variation, I would say, in the John Cale album cover oeuvre. It, I wonder to what extent, you know, he was directing all of the album covers, you know, because I feel like with Lou, it was pretty much just like for Lou, I would imagine it was like, let's just get some cool pictures of me and then someone, you know, do something with the font and the logo and, you know, I'll sign off on it, you know, for for the most part on most of them. But with John, I feel like I feel like he was a little more kind of hands on with some of the the album cover design. At least it seems I would guess that he's more hands-on maybe just to the extent of i want this person to do it right we actually we we know that he was more hands-on per his lyrics in a certain song on songs for drella in fact well yes he was we'll get there yeah uh but yeah let's start at the bottom just like (laughs) drake down at the bottom in case you're wondering it's alive and well just down in the bottom just like walter becker uh worst album of john cale's career also has the worst cover uh in john cale's album discography uh sorry to say not to be haters but it's nookie wood yeah we got some pushback on that i mean look it's not even a bad album it's just like if something's you know. got, if you're going to say, you know, there's a best John Cale album, there also has to be a worst John Cale album. And that's, you know, the worst John Cale album, still pretty good album as pretty far good. as all things are concerned. But, you know, there's a bunch of other John Cale albums that are even better than that one. And the same thing goes for the cover. Uh, I think we talked about this last yeah, time. Yeah, just kind of like run of the mill t- 2012 fake Ariel Pink core looking ass uh, graphic designer. It's just a little phoned in, you know. Uh, it's this, it's cool, but it's 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 like just trying to be cool. It could be anything. Like I I, I this this album could have had this cover. It could have had a completely different cover. This cover could have been on a completely different album, and like it all would have made you know the equal amount of sense as far as I'm concerned. Which is like, you know, ideally you want the album cover and the album, you know, the album itself. Just, just like the music and the words, they got to go together. You want the, the cover of the album and the album itself to go together and have to go together. And, you know, when we get up to the top of this list, that's absolutely what we're going to get. But this one is just like... A little man, frivolous. Yeah. I mean, this was the period where John Cale dyed his hair pink. Pink, yes. And so <laughs> I think that the vibe of this is a little bit the dyeing your hair pink cover. It's like that's that would be cool and fun and it's that way for a while and then you know the the novelty wears off and you're you're left with some nice pictures of John Cale with pink hair but uh you know the 
it it doesn't really necessarily mean you're left with an album cover that stands the test of memory. Stands the test of time. Yeah, I'm even looking at the back cover right now, and it's like it's it's more of the same. It's just like a bunch of shit that I can't really tell what it is, and there's like a little doll. And there's a rhinoceros figurine in the bottom right, and everything's kind of like overlaid on top of each other, and it's got this like pinky purple greeny color scheme to it. It's like, what does this? What are you saying here, John? What does this signify? What like what is this doing for me? That uh, just a complete like lack of album art uh, uh, already isn't. And you know, maybe maybe it's bad on me that I can't decode the secret messages hidden in the images imagery surrounding nookie wood but as of now i certainly can't number 21 it was nice actually both the john and lou 22 albums studio albums for both of them so that uh that mirrored itself pretty nicely i I was glad that it worked out that way um so same number of records to count down in both episodes 21 for john last day on earth a defiantly ugly uh, album cover. <laughs> yeah, it's very ugly. It's one of the ugliest things I've ever seen. It's got like, I mean, I can't really tell you what it, what does it have on it. I just know that it's kind of weirdly mirrored and repeated in this. It looks of like, like one of those deep dream things where you know it's it's like made up of a bunch of uh, like tangible things that you think you know, but when you look at them closer, you just you actually can't make out. A single thing that goes into this image yeah it, but it's a very early version of that i mean it has some kind of like vaguely like what like rococo or uh paintings interpolated into there there's like I, I i don't know it's it's a very um kind of shocking orange and then there's just this really rudimentary a lot of orange an blue, awful lot of orange an awful lot of orange <laughs> yeah the the back cover is better uh from what i'm looking at here is it this like kind of bluish bluish grayish thing with thing? the big with this like coffee cup and the the sort of yellowy fig uh, sketched out like outline of a figure that's I kind of like an okay computer era radio yeah, looking yeah. type of thing it is much better, actually. Um, I would say if you're, you know, as an example of a similar style, I think the, co- yeah, the cover of this is, um, it doesn't do one of the most difficult records to explain to somebody. It does <laughs> it suits not the do music it. pretty nicely, I gotta say. Yeah, it doesn't do it any favors. It's not like uh, an accessible album and the cover is also just pushing anyone away. Yep, it's it's about um, the the least welcoming image you can pair with a record, and the record itself wouldn't you know it about the least welcoming type of music uh, that you can record on a compact disc and still call it a rock record. Who's in charge? Who's in charge? Who's yeah. in charge? It's not the communists. Um, number twenty, mm-hmm. uh, M fans, twenty sixteen. Well, it's, it's just the cover from Music for a New Society, but in black and then with a different image on the film is that right yeah different you know 2016 era john instead of uh 1982 era john you know where you get we uh, we had a similar kind of uh phenomenon uh, on the lou list right with the transformer blue mask relationship and and we talked is, about bowie and the next day and heroes and the next day this yeah. is this is how to do that to little to know how effect. not to do it yeah exactly yeah. um and, and i think it's because honestly 
like we, as we're recording the, the M fans episode is one of the most recent ones that we have, have just completed already. We talked about that record succeeds most when John pays as little attention and is as unloyal as possible to the original, um, original music, the original versions of those songs, like the, 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 the best moments on that record are when he just completely blows up whatever the original song had been. Uh, if you were still around right at the very end or like Chinese Envoy well, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but if you were still around, I, I was thinking about how actually that version on M fans, it doesn't contradict. It actually just uh, extends and kind of heightens the the song. Um, well, but it's just totally different than the original yeah, it, song. And this really, cover is almost, the, a, it's to the same. It's exactly. Too, the same. too similar. Exactly. It should be, um, it should have been something like, that and it really is a kind of a a bummer because i think that it's a it's a a mistake that hurts the record because this album you know it being a a complete overhaul re approach re reimagining of a record which already felt so spontaneous and raw and um un uh, unmoored it ought to have been something really radical uh and to to then hew so closely to the original it it kind of lessens the impact of presenting both of the, you know cuz it came out with uh, a reissue of the original record right, and then right. this attached it doesn't really do much to augment that it doesn't in a way it kind of it feels like bonus feature disc instead of a, a whole thing unto itself. Yeah, exactly. It, it undersells what he's actually doing with the music on this record, which is honestly pretty extraordinary, I think. Yeah, there's no part cases. of it that's the same. It's completely yeah. different. And, and yet this cover is, yeah, it's basically just a fucking, you know, uh, swap the black for white or swap the white for black and then throw a very slightly different, or I mean, a different picture of him, but just very small over there on the side. It's, um, it, it gives the wrong uh, impression of what this record is about and what it, it uh, actually contains, I think. So yeah, is what it is. It I do always to love, be at the bottom. it deserves to be at the bottom. Do love the stylized John Kidd, like the way that john kale is written right well uh, yeah but that's the i would have loved to see him just write it a different way <laughs> just like uh, another freshly scrawled john kale in a different fashion would yeah. have even been better uh what do we have next what do we have next number 19 artificial intelligence 1985 not a bad cover I think I think most of the John covers are actually pretty good uh, in general. I think the, the 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 worst John Cale cover is better than the worst Lou Reed cover um, would be my initial inclination. And artificial yeah. intelligence is one of the worst John Cale covers, but still like not objectionable. I think I just think that it kind of um, runs into this issue of being not very graphically strong, like for the medium of record cover. It's got too much tiny detail to really, you know, it's, it, of course, this is ever more problematic in the age of tiny album covers where even on the streaming service, when you want to just look at the album cover, they'll throw in just some looping video where you can't even just see the oh, album yeah, cover the, bigger. The videos are terrible. The fucking, like, I just want to 
just even the chance to get a better look at the cover and they're like no i'm just gonna show like fucking water going down a drain or some bullshit yeah anyway uh yeah it's just too detailed too too specific to really strike the eye and in the way that i think a record cover ought to um i think it would i think this would look better big on on a 12 inch you know lp which i unfortunately don't have this record um i I can't imagine many people do um but it uh it's an interesting painting i like the color palette also to be honest that kind of like mint green it sort of looks like a retro bathroom tile color yeah and that frame you know the little bit of red and and it's kind of tasteful font artificial intelligence down below and then the all caps john kale up above i i think it's well designed it's just could be the, the, more the illustration is cool. I mean, it's a it's like a naked man's like the bust, uh, like chest up of this kind of nondescript man, very Marguerite esque. But then half of his face is like a sort of riot of zigzaggy psychedelic forms. Yeah, I guess I'm looking at that closer. I've always interpreted that as like circuitry, like you know, it's like the inside of a robot or something. No, it's but more no, like ayahuasca yeah. shit. Like there's yeah, faces and yeah, it's kind of a trippier, trippier type of thing instead of yeah, mechanical. Uh, interesting. Well, I guess <laughs> that that goes yeah. to show you. Uh, it's a you little know, confusing. And, hard, yeah. hard to to make this shit out when you're just looking at it on the old iPhone screen. Number eighteen. Hobo Sapiens. I thought this one was going to be higher for me, honestly, and and I think we both had it relatively low. But like when I was thinking about it, it was like I think I like the Hobo Sapiens cover. But then looking at all the other John Cale covers, it was like ah, maybe I don't like the Hobo Sapiens cover as much I, as I, I don't thought like I did. it very much. I mean, it, <laughs> it's this, kind of disturbing. I don't. Yeah, it's like I don't John, like that his mouth is open. This, close maybe, your mouth, John. <laughs> I don't like that either. It's like John. Pushing against a membrane, the sort that where you can sort of see a fuzzy form of him behind it, um, and then I don't have a problem with like the simply scrawled John Cale Hobo Sapiens above That's it. That's nice. But That's good. I just I don't I just don't like the shape, the look, the feel of this image of John in a white shirt pushing against a thin foggy membrane. It doesn't really look like him. It doesn't really give me much except there's for... no no relation whatsoever to the title Hobo Sapiens, which I mean the title itself I don't think bears any relation to the music contained there. And it's just like what's going on on this record, the title of it, the way that it looks, it's it's completely everyone's it's playing a different odds, ball yeah. game. Yeah. I I hate that that title. <laughs> Hobo Sapiens. I don't like Hobo Sapiens very much. Uh what is it? you know, we're 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 Homo sapiens. We're all Homo right. sapiens, Hobo. but have you considered that we're there's, also hobos. <laughs> there's this really bad XTC song called "The Smartest Monkeys" that is like a similar vibe, where it's just like, wow, like real like Richard Dawkins type, like first year in college type shit. Mm. I wouldn't the- say it's that bad here, but yeah, yeah, it's in, in that same. Uh- uh, vein. I'm looking at the back cover of Hobo Sapiens, which is it's all pink, and it continues this kind of scrawled cursive format for uh, the song titles. But besides that, it's just like a shot of John 
like from the waist down in some white patched trousers and then his feet and yeah, like feet. there are some words that are tied to his feet but they're not actually it's like drawing i don't know what's going on here john hobo sapiens Next. number 17 words for the dying 1989 kind of looks like uh boring to me yeah <laughs> It's like it's, I would expect this to be on like the cover of a like a educational game CD-ROM from 1995. Yeah, it it looks like it's going to teach me a language. Right, exactly. You know, I'm about to you know type uh, you know ablo uh, and and uh, uh, donde está el baño into the computer. Donde and, está el baño? Yeah, just like John Cale, just being like, very good. Donde está el baño? Uh and the 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 text behind him, right? Yeah, like that the, reads as like like Holocaust movie. Like the whole thing looks like a like a poster for like an Oscar bait film, which makes sense, right? Because this was John's kind of like comeback after being in the wilderness for a couple years, and was a definitely like you know an artistic effort on his part after making some records that he conceived of as you know more like pop trifles earlier in the eighties. It it suits what's going on here. It's just not, I don't know. It, it doesn't it, it really suits do it, it a for little me too well. I and mean, I think that the record would have been served a little better by having some contrast with the actual content. Yeah, with the yeah. cover, like the the text, the sort of like block uh, Soviet esque John Cale in red, also just kind of alludes to the most boring aspect of the record, which is like it's sort of world geopolitics angle well the Uh, fact that he recorded it in russia and the falklands war and the rush it's just like maybe it could have been a little bit more uh lively yeah yeah it's it's very you know uh not that uh i do like his haircut for what it's worth his asymmetrical yeah uh you know the Hitler Les- Youth. Le- yeah. Lesbian hairdresser. Um, <laughs> hairstyle Hitler Youth. Uh, number, what do we got next? That's 17, right? 16, Oniswa. Well, compromised. Yeah. As we know from uh, the song A Dream from uh, the uh, Songs record, for Drella record. Songs for Drella. Yeah, it's, uh, it was originally... A design by Andy Warhol in black and white, but uh, he changed it to color. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been w- worth more if he kept it my way. Yeah. It probably would have, to be honest. Although, honestly, like, I don't know. I don't know. It- and also, when we're talking about Andy Warhol in 80, when did this come out? Two? W- one. One. Uh, not necessarily the high watermark uh, of. Warhol's achievements, you know, the stuff he was doing with like early computers or whatever he was up to at that point. Uh, Not, not really served any better by just throwing some weird pastel hues all over it. It's just like, it's mostly just like a close up mimeograph of the cover of a passport, of British passport. And then it says Oniswa in hand scrawled, you know, uh, uh, like pencil on the side. And then you got the uh, mugshot of John up there on top. I do like that it says Mr. John Cale. I like the Mr. That's fun. 
I just don't. Yeah, I think actually it would have been better in black and white because the thing I really don't like very much about it is these uh, very tellingly 80s uh, blocks of color. I actually and, do and like the color. Triangles blocks. and... and it, I don't think it really... I think it dates something that had it been black and white with, you know, maybe just some variation in tone of, of, of black and white, it, it would have been a, a cooler looking design. I think the color matches like Dead or Alive. That's or, true. It does. Yeah. Or um, uh, uh, Wilson Joliet, for instance. But uh, yeah, could have. I don't know. It's just I, I don't think the concept here really kind of works quite as well as it should. And then the back cover's got, you know, that looks sort of like a new wave, 1985, like, uh, you know. Uh, Any band. Yeah, exactly. Very nondescript. What do we have yeah. next? We have number 15, Mercy, 2023. Happy uh, first birthday to Mercy. Already a year old. Well, it's a cool cover. Yeah. But I... Uh, I like it texturally. I like, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting vibe. It, it looks like a still from a movie, or, but it, it, I wish it had John on it, honestly. Yeah. It's, it's not a very eye catching cover. I think it, um, it's a little it's bit, like, it's got Nookie Wood syndrome a little bit. A little bit. It's better than Nookie Wood. It's definitely better than Nookie Wood. The title alone is, it makes it better. Um, and I like the, the John Cale stamp there in the middle, the way that that looks. But besides that, it's just like, what, it's the back of, it's like, just like the a back car? fraction of like an old car at the, and then like a bunch of, yeah, like kind of messy shit on the side. This should have been lower, I think, Mercy. Um, it, it's Black it's and good, red. Yeah, you know, uh, it's a good record, obviously, but the title is just... Or excuse me, the cover is, is I don't know, it's it's not doing doing the music any favors, I think. Are are there are there a lot of like signature, like great album covers just from any recent records that we're thinking of? What were the records from last year? Were there any good album covers just from anyone? Well, I, I really like the last Cass McCombs cover. Heartmind? Yeah, with the little boat. Yeah, the, the black water. and white thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heartline's good. That was, Heartline wasn't even last year, though. That, that's already that like two years ago. Two years ago. Um, I guess last year. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like, uh, I mean, I, I like anything that, um, that uh, 100 Gex does. I, I like their aesthetics. Oh, yeah, with the shirts pulled over their heads and showing their bellies. That, that was they, fun. They always have like a really weirdly eye-catching thing going on. So, yeah, they they know how to do it. I guess the Lana Del Rey album covers are all pretty they're good. strong, but they're just pictures of Lana Del Rey. Um, yeah, I don't know. Album art design. Get, get on it, folks. Do better. Number 14, Black Acetate, 2005. It doesn't do anything wrong. No, it doesn't. I like that he kind of looks like like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde on the cover. Like he, he kind of looks evil and deformed a little bit. Yeah. Um, and he's like pulling his eye open. Pulling his eye open. Like... He's got like kind of a weird hairdo, right? It's like, like swept to the side. I kind of can't tell what's going on. 
It's in a veil of strange uh, gauzy fabric or something. Again, yeah, making it just difficult to really see what's happening here. That that seems to be kind of the, the common theme of, of latter-day John Cale covers is like taking a picture or an image that makes sense and then just Throwing fucking, effects on it. Yeah, and, fucking and it up. And that's kind of what he likes to do in the studio, too, just like throwing effects on stuff. Putting, uh, putting three different Photoshop filters on at the same time. This one in particular, it reminds me a lot of... Uh, like the uh david lynch like late period later period david lynch yeah like digital special effects yeah that he'll yeah. use uh not not just like lynchian but specifically like the the texture and feel of of l- digital david lynch stuff yeah i see that i do like the big a in acetate the way that that's like sitting right there in the yeah, middle. like an eye exam yeah <laughs> which i think is the point kind of he's pulling his eye open then you've got the big a yeah i guess so it just looks it looks real it looks like like an actual like a woodblock a or something i don't know that it is but the rest of it right black acetate john kale is clearly just font on this cover but that a has like a, a presence a three-dimensionality to it uh that makes it kind of part of the design more so than just like another letter in the title I still don't know for the life of me what the hell is going on with the way that this is stylized. Lowercase b l a c k. Well, I capital think it, a c e k t one word. An eye exam type thing. I, I because that may that would check out. Like he's got his eye pulled open and black acetate. Well, we might think of records. This is also what uh, eyeglasses are made of. I guess that's true. But then, okay, so it's like eyeglasses. Eye exams, okay. So, what about eye exams, John? Whatever. All right. Next, <laughs> next record cover. Uh, Helen Troy, thirteen. Contrived. Yeah. You know, I, it's good. It's good. We're in the middle here. I just Googled Helen of Troy. Like, that's going to give me a picture of the album cover without saying Helen of Troy, John Cale. Um, we're into the classic era, you know, the John Cale early days at this point. Uh, but this is definitely the the least of of all of them because this record is the least of all of those records. wasn't even supposed to be a record, as we've covered many times. I would imagine that this was kind of just like a photo shoot that someone did of John, and like maybe was supposed to be tied to a different record or not even tied to a record or whatever. And when Island was just trying to like put this thing together and they ship did, it out they into dug stores. through the promo f- shoot uh, files that of stuff they didn't use and they pulled exactly this out. and it's like this was what they came up with exactly i mean i like that he's got the leather pants and the mary janes with the shoes the are socks. cool i like the shoes yeah yeah these like uh i guess just plain leather white or beige mary janes and like beige socks yeah, a little bit and a straight jacket him. and a leather and pants. <laughs> I don't like this woman in the reflection thing. I don't know what she's feels up to. Like I don't know what is going on with her. <laughs> it's, who is that? Is that Helen? Um, she's like, yeah, she's kind of, I mean, she, she looks, she looks smoking. She's a smoke show. No question. I don't know. Okay. She, I mean, she's done up like one. Look at it. She's got the dress. She's got the 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 big uh, diamond necklace. She's got the bracelets, and her hair's all teased up. And Beautiful she looks gown. like she's yeah. like trying to, you know, John, come and ravish me. And, and but John is just making sort of a saucy little face, looking at the camera with his straight jacket on. I don't. I think that 
that element of things was completely bolted on by someone who had no relation yeah, to this, the original <laughs> photos whatsoever. It looks like one of those uh, fake album c- covers from like A Mighty Wind when, when it's like talking about how depressed he was and it's like the the, the one where he's like div- digging his own grave. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what's next? What is next? Number 12. This was surprisingly low. I had this one pretty high up on my list, but I guess you, you're you not as big of a fan. Church of Anthrax, the collaboration with Terry Riley. The too, Dollhouse, as you were too, saying. Too hard to look at. Oh, it's fun. It's fun. I like It's like a little game when, when you look yeah, at it. I would like this as the insert or back cover. Like I just, as a front, as a, as an album cover, it's like, I guess my tastes just veer toward like, I don't want intricacy. I want like something with a few elements and for it to be something that reflects the music, but does it's just too much. It's like, it's, it's really fun as an image, but maybe this would be a better, like, uh, as not the the front cover, and then it's, it's got better that, on on the kids menu at, exactly. at Denny's. <laughs> it's got that thing on top that looks like a little cracker <laughs> or like a doily. That's, I I love that's my favorite part about it is is the the logo the the stamp up there at the top. John Cale, Terry Riley, Church of Anthrax, which has got this total like homespun American frontier nineteenth century you know, Nana sitting on the porch type feel to it. Exactly. And, but for this fucking record, the hall of mirrors in the palace of Versailles and all the crazy shit that you're getting on this album. And, but, but counterposed against that look and feel to, I, I, I just love that juxtaposition. Um, and the little Johns are cute. Like, come on, look at him in the bottom right. He's like walking down the hall. He's got his yeah. leg up. <laughs> Have you ever seen Ladies, the Ladies Man, the the Jerry Lewis film? Mm, I, I don't think so. Oh, you you're missing out. I, it's not a, like not a Jerry head, unfortunately. It's, it's very similar. You should watch that movie because it's like it's similarly. Um, it, it has a giant dollhouse set that's like why why and and but that's the movie it, it's, oh, okay. it's, a, it's this crazy elaborate like huge uh, production dollhouse set that you just are like constantly moving through and seeing like what's going on in each room and uh i guess that's what we have here now, now you're selling it for me. Don't don't uh, threaten me with a little dollhouse. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy. <laughs> Where's movie. Waldo type of thing? It's the it's one of the weirdest. It, you have to watch it. It's crazy. It's not no, it's not a normal movie. I'll add it to the old list. That would be uh, actually a good pairing with this record. <laughs> with Church of Anthrax, like okay, like great. the Dark Side of the Moon thing, but just like watch, uh, Lady the Ladies Man by, by Jerry Lewis with Church of Anthrax playing. Perfect. Part of what I love about Church of Anthrax also is the title, which might have influenced how highly I had it ranked, you know, just for imagery purposes. And I guess we haven't, like, you know, in general, we don't include the titles of the records in this, you know, uh, uh, thought exercise or whatever. But I've always just loved that so much. Church of Anthrax. It's like, what the what the Sounds fuck like is a the black Church of metal Anthrax? album. Yeah, it's, and it's, and it looks like this, and it sounds like this. There's so much going on. There's so it's so it's such a loaded kind of weighty type of thing. It's it's a very satisfying kind of concept to me. Number eleven, the Academy in Peril, nineteen seventy two. This is more a, your type of flavor. Well, I just think it's it's very well executed by i mean it 
Andy Warhol, of course. Yeah. And it goes against what I was just saying about it being kind of um, small, detailed stuff. But it's simple. It's it's a clean, easy concept, right? And and effective, and uh, I think aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, and, it's all these Polaroid or Polaroids are negatives. Um, yeah, they're, says, they're slides. They're Kodachrome slides, positives. Yeah, you see the full like Kodachrome logo, like a two dozen times or whatever, and it says Andy Warhol at the bottom, and. Uh, it's all all the pictures are kind of uh it's mostly close-ups. all close-ups of John's eye except for the second row of 5 where you get a couple more images of him making weird faces and stuff but besides that yeah it's all just those welsh eyes sometimes it's a very, one sometimes two uh i i also just like the typeface of John Cale the academy apparel it, it looks pretty timeless looking and uh yeah just a a bit of clean, playful, interesting design overall. Yeah, I mean, it's an Andy Warhol piece, right? So it's it's going to be pretty high up there. Um, I love the stamp, the Andy Warhol stamp down there at the bottom. You know, that's like as as signature is the Coca Cola yeah, like, logo, like basically. Willy Wonka. <laughs> Will okay. Down there. Um, now I'm thinking of like a the 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 same way there was the Young Wonka movie with Timothy Chalamet, Young Warhol. Yeah, Timothy, Young Warhol. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet is Warhol. Um, they're they're filming that Bob Dylan movie soon. I, I know I, I, that's I gonna wait. be. He was so, just up in Hibbing visiting oh the high school, uh, you know, Hibbing High and like talking to kids at the school and walking around there. It's going to be. We've got to somehow get into the premiere. Come on. Yeah. Come on the program, Timmy. You know, we, we would love to. We would love to, to you know, uh, help help you along your journey into becoming <laughs> Columbia recording artist Bob Dylan. Um. If anyone can do it, you know. Academy in Peril is pretty good. Number 10, top 10. Here we go. Sabotage, 1979. This is the metal machine music of the covers that we have here. It's In cool. that it's so cool, so random. Like, you can't really fault it because it's not in competition with anything. It's just so... Uh, it, yeah, <laughs> so it, it, ridiculous. It dominates the conversation. There's no... Yeah, it is what it is, which is just, the sign of a great album cover is just like it, it is this thing unto itself. Psycho mode, end of his rope, completely just off the map. John Cale in the hard hat with the aviators doing God knows what to a microphone. And then, oh, yeah, a, new, a fucking mushroom cloud. Behind yeah, it. just a literal like. <laughs> and then the hot pink sabotage. Mm-hmm. This could be number one for like it could be number one. It, but it's, I think yeah, I, I think you had this one pretty high on your list, and I had I had it a little bit lower on mine. But it's it's strong stuff. It's, if it was number one, like it would be hard to argue against that. But no. it's not on our list. What what is the next one? Uh, it is uh, number eight, which is no, excuse me, it's number nine. Oh well, I mean, listen, like. Uh, Sabotage could be higher, but there's a lot of good ones coming up. Starting with number nine, honestly, I'm surprised it's this low. Wrong way up. Well, yeah, this is like iconic. Yeah, iconic. sometimes a, a ugly 
it doesn't matter. It's beautiful. It's beautiful because what I just said, I think, is so true uh, here as well. The thing of a record cover, the thing that makes a record cover different than just like a piece of art, a painting, is like the same thing that makes lyrics to a song different than a poem. There's just a, it's hard to exactly say why, but there's a different criteria and something very ugly. It doesn't matter. Like it, it's more important that it just feels like it exists as something apart from all else. And this obviously does that. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you think about the album art, right? And versus a painting, a painting is a piece of art that is, you know, is sold oftentimes, uh, you know, especially by brand name, big fancy artists, but exists first and foremost as just a piece of art, as as something that the creator, the singular creator, uh, wanted to create, wanted to make. It, 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 it reflects their emotional reality or, you know, whatever it is that they're trying to, to say versus the album art is 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 like a, a marketing uh, 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 element uh, in many cases, right? It is, it's the cover of a record that is designed to catch an eye and do something to someone to make them want to listen to the album or buy it or or just engage with it further. But it's not it's not the art itself, right? The art itself is within. It's it's something else entirely. And this is just kind of a way to to signal, hey, there's something going on here. You might be interested in it. And and this cover, Wrong Way Up, which we should note you, when we're talking about the Wrong Way Up cover, because there are the two of them, right? Yes, the, there's the definitive the... one is the ugly one, is the one with the swords and the yellow and the little lightning bolts and stuff. The classy image that's just John and Brian kind of like in a face-off type thing. That's nice too, but it's, you, you know the Wrong Way Up cover. That's the real one. Um, this is so evocative and 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 significant of this collaboration between the two of them and this particular moment in time right because this yeah this was, kind of graphic <laughs> like this is such a specific mo- 1990 90 like, things <laughs> things didn't look this version of bad ever again oh it's incredible it's fantastic so like, because the, the the repeated face it's just like look look what i can do i can uh, do come com- over I here can do copy, the- copy and paste yeah looking <laughs> over your shoulder at somebody's uh computer screen on their desktop that's like the size and dimensions of like a small like a mini fridge and they're just like look at this and they take they they somehow just take the picture of the face and go click 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 with the cursor and astonishingly it's repeated it's showing up there's the one and there's the other one and there's, there's the other several. one still it's there it's all there at once it, it there, there's a then the techno, lightning bolts and the, the light the sword the sword graphics the, there, like, there's a goofy rayman ass looking swords yeah, there's, it, it, there's a there's a techno optimism to this cover to me uh that's whereas, totally right I think today, you know, we think of, uh, you know, we're, we're techno pessimists, you know, the, the, the Apple goggles as we speak are coming out this week, you know, strap, strap them on your face, Jack are in the Matrix. Coming yeah. out this week? Yeah. Uh, you should, you should buy some. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's all very kind of doom and gloom, you know, the, 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 the big tech companies are our enemies, obviously, and the, AI, the products I that mean, they make. Yeah, AI exactly. art it's, being yeah, what it oh, is. Oh, God. 
it's hokum, it's, it's, it's bullshit, it's killing us, but this is significant of a moment when these things were, to use the Steve Jobs quote, right, he called the Macintosh the bicycle for the mind. Um, that is like a, a, a mechanical device that was meant to just like let your your mind go further, the same way that the bicycle is a mechanical device that lets your body go further. <laughs> this is this is your brain going further, but this not is a, that much further. A tricycle for the mind. This is <laughs> exactly. a pogo stick for the mind. <laughs> uh, you're on training wheels here. But uh, um, yeah, but it's great. And it does have like that. Yeah, definitely an optimistic feeling, which suits the... Suits the record the record which is just like utilize i mean it's not that different from john kale's general aesthetic when it comes to like nookie wood and mercy like this thing of throwing throwing everything at the wall and hoping it sticks when it comes to like technological uh innovation on a stylistic front and the best times are when that kind of uh eagerness also matches up with some particularly strange and specific ideas and that's what you have here yes masterpiece of graphic design in general wrong way up yeah it's uh, my passion this is <laughs> that's right and i would like to say that the um neutered version um is it looks good but it's it's a kind of a travesty in a way yeah, it's that's you know trying to class this whole thing up and and you know uh, uh, overcorrect for perceived mistakes, um, which you know weren't weren't even mistakes in the first place. It's you know it, it's it's an iconic album cover, the first one, the original one. Number eight though, still plenty to go. John's got some good album covers. I mean, Paris, nineteen nineteen. Yeah, this looks um, iconic. It's iconic. Yeah, it's an iconic. It's like yeah, this is what you. It, it somehow does the thing. It pulls off, you know, the thing that everybody tries to do with an album cover, uh, which is like, I want me on the cover and I want it to somehow be memorable and s- striking. And usually that just ends up in something totally forgettable. But there's too much specificity here to lose. Like He's in the all white get up with the white jacket and the white vest, the white tie, the white shirt. Yeah, sits in the rattan chair, but it's just a very simple on image white. of him, really. Yeah, on on a white background, and then the I mean, to me, frankly, the 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 text design, the Art Nouveau John Cale Paris 1919 uh, title, which is uh, evocative of like the Paris Metro signs, is is carrying a lot of weight here. It's just so yeah, definitely beautiful. Um, it's a period piece in a single image. Yes. Iconic John Cale, Paris 1919, as iconic as uh, the record, Paris 1919. It brings us to number seven, music for a new society, 1982. We already kind of talked about it in the case of talking about its uh, sort of dumb It's brother. <laughs> it's That would be giving it too much. If only it had a Wario. That's the problem. And instead, right. it's just like the different skin that you can give, like Pikachu or whatever, or you know, you can make Mario blue, metal or, Mario. It's not even that. It's just like the different like col- color ways that you can cycle through on sure. Smash, Smash Brothers. Yeah, it's just that. But this, uh, this is a Wario of record covers in a way on its own. I mean, that's why. 
its um, counterpart kind of just is like a dead weight because this is such a a fittingly fresh no like this this record cover really somehow nails like the the spontaneousness and like the feeling of danger of the record while also making it feel like it's intentional it is it is perfectly evocative of what's going on on this record you know there's almost no cover to this record cover the same way that the the record itself you know the music contained therein there's almost no music to it in many cases the 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 album cover i think mirrors that perfectly and it's hard to say whether you know that was john's decision right um i'm sure he, he played some role in it but whoever made that call understood what this was this whole thing was about and and what it needed to say to the audience i mean it's definitely not the type of thing that is going to make the the random passerby in the record store stop and take a second look and say oh you know i i want to buy that record that that looks like it's going to be good music just based on that cover that's white and completely nondescript uh, without anything else but when you listen to it and think back to how it's presented it you know it's a match made in heaven um it couldn't be anything else the music yeah. the society cover i love that it, ghostly image of john on the side also it's like a negative i think it, of him in, in the cyan blue. yeah it's, it's and it, his eyes are like white the color choices here are really specific and really uh it shows how important that is because if this was like in any other colors, it wouldn't work. I, I think um, not nearly as well. Anyway, somehow yeah, like white, gray, blue. Yeah, you can't imagine this with warm colors. Yeah, that kind of like purple of the text and then of music for a new society. Yeah. That like industrial like printer uh, cyan sky blue and just gray. Uh, it really makes it into a. It feels like it could have come out any time. Timeless, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like timeless, but in a way that somehow at the same time feels like futuristic. Yes, absolutely. Number six, number one for Mr. Lou, but number six for Mr. John, Songs for Drella. Everything we said uh, about it before applies. Yeah. Again. It, uh, it's a great cover. It's all timer. And for some reason, I think it makes sense that it shows up as at, at six for John versus at one for Lou. Not even necessarily because the covers, you know, there are five more better John covers than there are of any Lou covers. It's just like, it's number six for John and it's number one for Lou, you know? Yeah. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. You get it? I mean, there's just, when most of your record covers are just your face uh, or body, like it's not going to be the same kind of ranking as with John where there's a lot more variety. So yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's John's face and body, but not all the time versus Lou. Uh, number five. This was my number two. I mean, everyone knows what's coming. It's walking on locusts. Pink. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful image. Perfect image. Iconic image. Just everything about it. So, much fun so silly i think it does everything that like hobo sapiens thinks it's doing or wants to do but it, it's just actually doing it here on walking on locust it also doesn't have his name or the name of the record on it it's just 
I mean, there are versions, I think, of the CD with like a little sticker on there where it's added on and obviously like on the spine or whatever, you'd see it there. But if you're just looking at the front image, it's it's just a completely blurred out, out of focus, soft image of John (laughs) yawning his mouth as wide as it possibly can until it looks like he's about to swallow you whole. Um, So 1996, so much fun, so silly, so lighthearted, so easy to enjoy. Yeah, uh, I, but also I love this record. Not so 1996. It it really also just has this kind of like whenever quality. It it just looks it, it's just yeah, it just kind of presents itself. It could have come out when after 1996, I think, but I don't think it could have come out before, before. 1996. Yeah, yeah. Maybe 1995, but like not 1986 or 1976. Like this is very United Colors of Benetton, uh, you know, uh, uh, second term Clinton administration type of shit to me. This is how you do Hobo Sapiens properly. <laughs> That's right. That's that, right. That one just is a similar concept, but not nearly. I mean, nowhere near. Yeah. Number four. This is my number one. But it's number right. four here. Could Slow Dazzle. Slow Dazzle, 1974. Well, how much is the is the perfect title of Slow Dazzle affecting your choice here? That's it, probably carrying. Because it is know, such a great album slow title. Slow Dazzle. That almost any image associated with it, I think, is made more magical. Like it's just a, it's an amazing pairing of words. It's it's a perfect cover. The way that it appears on the cover, also. I mean, you hear the term slow, you hear the phrase slow dazzle, and you might think, like, oh, it's like kind of a glammy thing, right? Dazzle, razzle dazzle is this fancy lad here. But no, on the cover of this record, it's it's John Cale in hard red and slow dazzle in a bright green. And it's it's in like stenciled, like military type of font up there in the top right corner, just stark, severe, right there in your face. And what is it paired with? <laughs> but this fucking freaky picture of this little mongrel man emerging from the darkness with these orb-looking sunglasses and lights shining in his eyes, and he's doing some weirdo thing, covering his ears with his hands, and he's in a glossy leather jacket, but you can't really tell what's going on. And he's got the just Im- impassioned... Uh, or, or not impassioned, but uh, uh, you know, uh, unpassionate. It a totally just like mute, milk toast facial expression. You have no idea what's happening behind the eyes. It's, um, I think, it's a perfect execution of perfect concept. And then, and then for you to put on the record, slow dazzle, and it's got Mr. Wilson, and it's got <laughs> Ski Patrol, and it's got the jeweler. It's, um, I love the combination of the title of the record, the way it looks, what it sounds like, where this guy was at at this moment in time. I think it's, it is perfection to me. It's funny. Cause I think the, it's like the stuff we said about mistrial, about why it was our least favorite Lou Reed album fully applies here, except for some reason it just works on John. Cause John's so <laughs> weird that like when John makes like a sort of generic looking album cover, it's kind of like, intrinsically funny and interesting um i don't think this is a generic well is not it's not generic quite generic it's, it it's it plays off of like the feel of like a generic cover but somehow it's not i mean and that's just a testament to like nothing could really be like so generic with john uh, and the way that it looks is uh 
it, it it perfectly does suit like a record that's just full of weird choices, but feels so much uh, by the same guy. Uh, I think it's weird. Like the the cover and the title, it's all weird to me. And the record is like the music itself is less weird to me. And and it's weird music in many cases, but like slow dazzle. And it looks like this. It's like what is going on here? And then you turn it on, and it's Mr. Wilson, just a three minute like beautiful little pop song about how much he loves Brian Wilson. I I don't know. Slow dazzle is 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 an all timer to me. It's, we'll it's have perfect. to revisit uh, that song sometimes in the near future. I think. Mm. Perhaps. And, uh, uh, give the game away. Uh, number three, iconic, uh, iconic image, iconic cover, Fear, 1974. It was my number one. It was your number one, yeah. So neither one of us are getting our number one at the actual number one here. Feels, it's, it's, it's good. It's, it's, it's yeah, suiting. I mean, uh, I mean the, it's the listener can't be mad at us because we're not, neither of us, are, we're both compromising. But That's right. Fear, to me, is, I mean, it's the first, the first album cover. I saw of a John Cale album, and uh, I think there's the reason is because it was so uh, enticing and interest. I mean, it it just works so well. It's like the simplest concept for a cover executed to perfection. It is, uh, yeah. It's it's it, there's. Not Face a of lot. the artist, Just yeah, the guy. not a whole lot going on here. But what there is going on here is, is exactly what it should be. Blown out to the point where you almost can't see the guy. Right? It's just the faintest hint of a nose and a mouth and some <laughs> very severe cheekbones. Yeah, he looks uh, anorexic. I think he was on the uh, thin white Duke, you know, bell peppers, diet. milk, and cocaine <laughs> diet at this moment. <laughs> Um, but it, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's perfect. It's iconic. It's his version of the, uh, the transformer cover of the transformer. Yeah, exactly. Do you prefer the, the, the version with the like big blocky fat John Cale up in the top right? And then that red cursive stylized fear or just like the all kind of serif typewriter font, John Cale fear, uh, more understated type of thing. I strongly prefer the latter. I don't like the one that has the big blown out John Cale and like the bad style graffiti fear over that. Like it, that just feels redundant or it, it feels at odds with the concept. Whereas the one that's more understated, it's already a giant close up picture of like a haunted face. So you don't really need to have like graphic, uh, typeface, chicanery going yeah on. too much more going on there yeah man those eyes this guy yeah it's Fear. it's perfect number two caribbean sunset it's cool <laughs> he's, he's just come on look at he, him he looks awesome <laughs> he's having a great time he is swagged out he is loving life the album is called caribbean sunset and he's wearing a pullover sweatshirt for the city of new york and he's on a beach come on yeah, look at the sunglasses this, <laughs> this is a weird case where it's like the last person you would ever expect to actually pulls off that sort of like thing that people who make a lot more money with popular music are always trying to achieve where it's like, I want to just look sick as hell and like a cool guy on a beach somewhere. And that's almost always like a a sort of canned feeling execution by other artists. But here John Cale somehow does it 
like it 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 looks like it was the first take. I mean, it just seems so natural. John Cale, Caribbean Sunset, Captain Swag, the coolest guy on the face of the earth. I love the little uh, Caribbean Sunset logo. Also, the little like kind of badge type the thing. Up sunscreen the right. Pringles, yeah, whatever. John, that. John Cale and the little banner across it. It's it's perfect. Also, perfectly suits you know this ridiculous record, Caribbean Sunset, which means number one best John Cale record cover. It's apparently the first John Cale record cover. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be too angry about this vintage violence. No, it rocks. Come on, look at that. It's so good. That uh, mask, man. It, it's the John Mask thing of uh, infamy, but done in the uh, the Ronaldo and Clara style of uh, that cl- that weird clear mask, clear see through mask, exactly. Which like makes your face look even more dissimilar than just like a normal mask would somehow even though it's like kind of your regular face shining I, like i don't know how to explain it or or how it makes any sense but like it really looks more unnatural more alienating than just putting on i don't know a fucking v for vendetta mask or whatever um it's it's uncanny it's eerie as hell i love the i mean the title vintage violence vintage violence is Perfect one of title. the best titles ever it's like like slow dazzle vintage violence and it looks very much like something that was maybe conceived of and released you know conceived in 1969 released 1970 or whatever around that time but uh it it also feels like it sort of leapfrogs over certain pitfalls of like 60s late 60s aesthetics like where things are flower powery thing like it it just kind of does yeah, something no t- psychedelic shit to this this is like this is almost like like it, noir horror movie type of thing to it's me. like it's, old school surrealism it's like bunuel it's like like uh the early surrealism i mean it is like marguerite you know it's like one uncanny element and then the rest is presented very simply uh and that perfectly suits john kale the artist it really sets up who he is and it's very fun that this record also is like as rock and roll centric as it would turn out to be uh it it really playfully executes something that is essential to john kale as the uh, as the solo artist which is like i'm here to be all things to all people if you happen to like the furthest reaches of avant-garde classical music and also louis louis sure yeah exactly i'm gonna i'm gonna freak you out and be a weird guy and like confront you and challenge you as a listener but also like this record has big white cloud and and hello there on it so like just put it on and you're gonna be snapping your fingers and tapping your toes um and you're gonna be looking at the cover of this record that has a very creepy fucking visage staring back at you. But at the end of the day, it is just John Cale right there. Yeah. He doesn't hide his eyes. He doesn't hide any of his face. It's a clear mask. You know, it's, it's, uh, there's something really significant about that. It's, it's, he's all right there, right up there in front, making no effort to hide himself whatsoever. And yet 
Elusive. doing that at the same time. Exactly. You know, you can never, you can never capture them. Vintage violence. Great, great text also. The, the way that John Cale vintage violence is stylized there. That little, you know, kind of cursive-y type of yeah. thing on his forehead. It's beautiful. Pretty good and covers. And all in a, a black void as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, re- very good covers. John Cale, Lorraine. Artists of multiple different disciplines. Uh, music first and foremost, perhaps, but uh, nothing to shake a stick at when it comes to the graphic design element. Any last thoughts? John, Lou, album covers. I think uh, we've yet to cover an artist where that's the, the, main, like, <laughs> the main event in a way. Well, I would, I would hope. I mean, we're 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 covering musical artists, so I would, <laughs> I would hope that that's the case. Yeah, I don't know. I think it says a lot about the evolution of the form of album covers uh, when you look at both of them, because what they're doing is inventing as they go in real time, like what it means to express ideas about like the fringes of singer songwriter rock and roll they're playing around with stuff that hadn't really been done before for the most part for like the whole like two-thirds of it there's not other people doing that shit yet so everybody's looking to them and it's very interesting to see what it is that they naturally do like to push the boundaries of the established uh artist on the cover idea and John seems like especially willing right from the word go to do some pretty bizarre stuff, which makes sense. But by the end, they, they both make stuff that kind of looks like uh, either one could have done it in a way like they, there's an openness that comes to both over time. I think they each kind of wax and wane over time, you know, as, as just the visual representations go. And there, there are hot phases for, for one of them and, and cooler phases for, for the other. And, you know, then it kind of switches up the same way that it, the music itself goes through. In general, I think that, you know, Lou's album cover, art direction, presentation, or whatever, I, th- I think he kind of got handle on it more towards the end of things um and really knew what he wanted to look like and and present it uh in in that way in that way alone and john is maybe maybe just kind of not lost it necessarily but i I, I don't know that the same level of consideration is being given to it at that point or at this point um whereas the music itself obviously is, is a totally different matter but uh it's it's an interesting part of the the story, right? You know, seeing the way that these things grow and change and evolve and interact and reflect over time. They're all good covers. Hopefully we get another John Kill cover where it's just him on the front. Yeah, let's do Vintage Violence 2, but it's 85-year-old John Kale in a clear plastic mask. But please make it better than M-Fans if they have a remake of that cover. Do something a little different. Joker. But it was good seeing John. I did a cover for him. But I did it in black and white and he changed it to color. It would have been worth more if he left it my way, but you can never tell anybody anything. I've learned that. 
tried calling again to Billy and John, they wouldn't recognize me. It was like I wasn't there. Why won't they let me in? And then I saw Lou. I'm so mad at him. Lou Reed got married and didn't invite me. I mean, is it because he thought I'd bring too many people? I don't get it. Could have at least called. I mean, he's doing so great. Why doesn't he call me? I saw him at the MTV show and he's one row away and he didn't even say hello. I don't get it. You know, I hate Lou. I really do. He wouldn't even hire us for his videos. And I was so proud of him. I was so scared today. 